Beauty. Okay, today's daf is daf Samach Gimel, page 63. The Halakim Sech is the Dharam. We're going to be Zeicha Bez Hashem to finish the eighth parak of Nedarim. All right? It's the last daf of the eighth parak. And as we are going to see, Samach Gimel Amr Bez, 63b, is pretty much one long Mishnah with some uh, fascinating halachas as we wrap up. All right, so we got up to daf Samach Gimel. Let's go back, however, to uh, a few lines from the bottom of Samach Beis, Amad Beis, and restart our sugya, because the top of today's daf really begins to question the statement that we learned on the bottom. So here we go. Our Mishnah taught us, we're going to start from four lines from the bottom by the two dots. We're going to quote the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, if somebody makes a nether, that they're going to refrain from eating uh, a specific food or from drinking wine, Ad until the rains. Now this was plural. Until the rains. Okay? So what does it mean the rains? So we know there's various parts to the rainy season. It comes up as we spoke out primarily in Tainus. There's various times where a certain amount of rain is expected by then. So we want to go into this guy's mind and hey, what did you mean that you're not going to drink wine until the rains in plural? So the Mishnah said... The Tanakama holds, it's until the time of the rainy season that it's the second rainfall. Okay. However, Rev Shimon Ben Gamil says you don't need a mamish rate for the rainfall itself. It's the time of the rainfall. Okay. On that, here we go. Two lines from the bottom of Samach Beis, Amar Beis, Amar Rev Zera. Rav Zera made a statement on our Mishnah. Rav Zera said, The whole Machlaikas about whether you wait for the actual rainfall or until the time of the rainfall, that is only if he said Gishamim, plural. If he says, I'm going to refrain from wine or this item until, um, until the rain, not plural, but singular, then everybody would agree that it doesn't mamish need to rain in the beginning of the season, but it's going to mean the beginning of the second rainfall. Okay, if he says Geshem, he's referring to the beginning of the second rainfall. That is clear, says Rav Zera. That's how we ended off yesterday, and today, here we go, today's daf, we're going to challenge that in a very large way. Get ready for a long question that's going to take us a half a amud. Mesvei, they asked the challenging question on Rav Zera, who says that if you say it in singular, everybody will agree that the nether is until the start of the time of the second rainfall. What is considered the rainfall? What's considered the first rainfall? So the first rainfall, the firstborn, the oldest. Yeah, the oldest, the first one. That's referring to Bishlaisha, the third day of Cheshvan. Beninus, what is the middle time of rainfall? Bishiva, four days later. Very interesting. The first, the first time that's halachically considered a time period of rainfall starts with the third of Cheshvan. The second period of rainfall starts on the seventh day of Cheshvan. Afilu, uh, Afela, I'm sorry, Afela and the last 
rainfall, which is the third. Be'esr B'Shleisha is the 23rd day of Mar Cheshvan. Dibre Rabbi Meir is the Pinder Meir. So according to Rabbi Meir, all three rainfalls exist in very close proximity. Actually, they're all within 20 days of each other. The first one starts on the third of Cheshvan. The second is the seventh. And the third is the 23rd of Cheshvan. However, Rabbi Yudah says no. Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yudah says, and this Gemara is also in Tainus, as we said before. Rabbi Yudah says, B'Shiva, U'B'Shiva Asar, U'B'Esrim U'Shlaisha. Rabbi Yehuda says, 7th, 17th, and 23rd. And Rabbi Yaisi says, no, 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 no. It's B'Shiva Asar, the 17th of Cheshvan, U'B'Esrim U'Shlaisha, the 23rd of Cheshvan, U'B'Chaydish Kislev. And the third rainfall is going to come out on R'Shchaydish Kislev. He says, you're already moving over to the next month. Interestingly, if you notice, they're arguing about when it starts and which month it's in, you know, because according to Rabbi Yaisi, we're touching on Kislev. But fascinatingly, they're all in agreement as, as to the proximity. See, according to, the, to Rabbi Meir's opinion, the first is the third, the last is the 23rd. We're dealing with a 20-day period. Rabbi Yehuda says it's the 7th to the 23rd. We're actually dealing with a 16-day period. And Rabbi Yaisi says it's a 13-day period. It's from the 17th of Cheshvan until the first day of Kislev. And Rabbi Yaisi also would say, When would we start fasting? When it hadn't started to rain, if there was a drought, and this is where it gets into Tainus. Right? When would they start fasting? If, it didn't, if, the, if the rain hasn't yet started falling by Rosh Chedesh. Okay. That is the three way Machaikis in the Mishnah. Now, we said about this Mishnah, we said about the Mishnah, we, we, we're going to come around to our question soon. It makes, it makes sense when it comes to the first rainfall. You should ask, you should daven. And the last rainfall, you should start fasting because now there's serious tsaras. You ready by the last rainfall and there's no rain. I chop by in Tainus. It says you better start fasting by the last one. Why is it important to know the middle rainfall? Like what are the halachic parameters around it? The halachic parameters on the first, you say it's rainy season. Start asking for rain. It's the rainy season. You want to tell me when the third rainfall is expected to come? I chop why. I totally get it. Because if it hasn't come and it's already supposed to be the third rainfall, start fasting. Tshuva. Tshuva takes care of everything. Come closer to the Bani Shalom and the bracha will come. But the middle one, what are the parameters around that? Elishni Lamai. The Yomar of Zera, of Zera says, I'll tell you why it matters. Lenaider. What matters is if somebody makes a nether and he says, until, until, the, un, until it rains, so now we're going to, what that's going to be referring to is, the second rainfall. We're going to automatically assume it's referring to the second rainfall for Nadarm. Or otherwise, I don't need to know about a second Nadar. And we said about that statement. What happens if it rains for an entire week straight, seven days in a row? It includes both the first and second rainfalls. In other words, what we're saying is like this. First rainfall, let's say, starts on the third day, according to Shita Sermayr, third day of Cheshvan. The second rainfall is the seventh day of Cheshvan. What if it rains straight? 
Or what if you hold in the third opinion that it starts on the 17th till the 23rd, and now it goes straight. Do we consider the seventh day to still be the second rainfall, or is this all a continuation of the first rainfall? Because it hasn't stopped raining. Okay? So, um, Kiman, who's a following Rabbi it seems to be following Rabbi Yaisi. This is going like Shitas Rabbi Yaisi. Come on, Rabbi Yaisi. Because Rabbi Yaisi is the one who says that there's a seven-day period in between the first rain and the second rain. Because notice like this. In Shitas Rabbi Meir, the first rain starts on the third day of Cheshvan. And the, se- and the second one starts on the seventh. So that's a four-day gap. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it goes from the seventh to the seventeenth. So it's a ten-day gap. Whose opinion is it that there's a seven-day gap between the first and second rainfall? Rabbi Yaisi. Because Rabbi Yaisi says the first rainfall starts on the 17th of Cheshvan, and the second one's on the 23rd. So if there's a seven-day gap, that makes sense why our Brisa says, oh, if it rains for seven days straight, seven days in a row, we have a Shaila. Who, uh, which rainfall is it still considered? Is it considered the first or is it considered the second? Now here's the problem. Now we're going to this, at this point right here, we have a question mark because this is where we're going to challenge Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Zera said, everybody is in agreement that when it comes to a singular expression of rain, it certainly means, singular expression of rain, it certainly means the time of the second rainfall. That was, that was Rabbi Zera. Now here's the problem. If somebody says, I'm not going to drink wine until the rain comes, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? If he says until the rain comes, what's going to be the halacha? When's he going to be allowed to start drinking wine? By the second rainfall. Now, according to Rebzeir, there's no machlaikas about when the second rainfall is. But if there's no machlaikas, here's the question. Why does Rebzeir Amliel say, oh, you know... Um, only Rabbi Yaisi fits with this, but the other opinions don't. You know, I don't understand. Why is he trying to get anybody to agree with him? There's no machlekes in the first place. Everybody is in absolute agreement, according to you, Reb Zera. Nobody should have to be... Uh, in our Mishnah, when Rabbi Yaisi Aglili says, it's only, un- it's only usher to drink the wine until the time of the second rainfall, nobody's arguing on you. Everybody was saying the same thing. Reb Shimon what are you adding to our Mishnah? Lafi Reb Zera, that there's no machlekes. What's Reb Shimon ben Gamliel concerned about? What's he concerned about? Alts git. Everything's good. So it must be that Reb Zera doesn't stim. It doesn't work out. Answer the Gemara. Hahu the Omar ad Hagishamim. Okay. No, there's no question on Reb Zera. You know why? Because the brisa that we just quoted is dealing with the case where he says plural. Okay, simple answer. Rav Zaira says there's no machlekes when you use a singular form. But in this brisa, it doesn't really clarify. We don't know for sure if he means uh, if if he well what he said. Did he say singular rains or plural rains? If he said plural rains, I uh, I there's a machlekes. If he said singular rains, then then um, Rav Zaira still may very may very well be correct that there is no machlaikas and everybody would be in agreement that it's usher until the beginning of the second rainfall. Period. Okay. Well, one second, Joe. Yeah, go ahead. 
What's the maskana of this, uh, this whole discussion? The maskana is like this. If somebody uses a plural expression, I'm not going to drink wine until, it, until the rains. Okay? What? If somebody says, I'm not until going to drink... Rain, until the second rain. Yeah, or he says, Gishamim. Yeah, oh, until you get two rings. He, he just said, right, he just said Gishamim. Okay. okay. So let's say he says Gishamim. What does Gishamim mean? So what we're saying in the Maskan is like this. According to the according to the Chum, it's the second rainfall. It rains. It rains. Rav Shem, we always got to say, the specific date of the second rain. That's if he says Gishamim. That's where we have a Machlaikas, and that's where of Shimming Amliel is trying to finagle with the Chachamim to see where they could come together by rains. But ultimately they argue. Ultimately they argue. The Chachamim say, Mamish has to rain. Shimmel says, No. Ravishni is fine. Once you get to the time of the second rain, Alts is git. What happens if he says, I'm going to refrain from wine, un- a vow, until the rain in singular till the rain not the rains not Geshemim he says Geshem so if he says Geshem then Rav Zera may be correct that you don't he, he's not necessarily referring to actual rain if he says I'm, I'm a vow refraining from wine until Geshem Everybody would be in agreement, Lamaskana, that once you hit the time of the second rainfall, it's going to be mutter to start drinking wine. We'll have a machlaikas as to what date that is. There's still a machlaikas whether it's the it's the seventh, seventeenth, twenty-third, whatever, the twenty-third. Machlaikas about what day it starts. But still, if he says singular, everybody will be in agreement. It doesn't mamish need to rain in order for the vow to be removed. Okay, that's the maskana we're walking around away, away with lahalacha. Because that's the established date that when rain should come. That's the established date when rain should come, exactly. The fact that it doesn't rain those days, that's a different problem. That's a that's problem right. that we have to deal with by... Uh, Fasting and... Uh, oh, absolutely. Beautiful. Person. Beautiful. So we're coming out Lamaskanas like this. Coming out Lamaskanas like this. Why do we have a time for a first rain? To tell us when to start davening for rain. Why do we have a time for the last rain? To tell us that if it doesn't start raining by that last date, fast. Why do we have a time for the second one? So that anybody who ever makes a vow concerning the rain season will know which date they will be able to start drinking wine again in the rain season. Okay? All right, let's keep going. Next mission. I'm not going to taste wine for a year. And guess what? We have a year like this past year, which was a leap year. So he said, I'm not going to drink wine for a year. And it turns out he's got to wait 13 months instead of 12 months. Or do we say, 
No. Since at the time you'd made a vow, you didn't know it was going to be 13 months, you still only need to wait 12 months. We quoted this Mishnah earlier. It says the Mishnah, Asr ba If you said for a year, or if you said for the year, I'm sorry, Lashana for the year, you're not going to be allowed to drink wine for 13 months. What if he says, Ad Rosh Adar? I'm not going to drink wine until Rosh Chedesh Adar. And then, Bezdin decided to make two Adars. So can he start drinking wine by the first Adar or second? So says the Mishnah, Ad Rosh Chedesh Adar Rishon. Then you could already start drinking wine once you hit the first Adar. What happens if he says, Ad Saif Adar? I'm not going to drink wine till Adar is over. Ad Saif Adar Rishon. It's Aser until the end of Adar Rishon. Once you hit Adar Sheni, again, it will be allowed to drink the wine. Says the Gemara, Alma Stama the Adar Dika Rishonu. From our Mishnah seems to imply, if somebody says a year, right? It says a year. That means an entire year. If it's 13 months, 13 months. If he says Adar, Adar in general applies to the first month. Because that's what he said in the Seif of the Mishnah. He says, Ad Raish Adar, it's Adar Aleph. Ad Saif Adar, it's Adar Aleph. So the Gemara just says, hey, that seems to imply, whenever you talk about Adar, the implication is the first one. Lema Masnison, Reb Yehudi. This seems to imply that Reb Yehudi is the of our Mishnah, the Tanya. There's a discussion about when you say Adar in a leap year, which one you're referring to. Adar Harisha and Kaisev Adar Risha. The Brisa says that if somebody's writing a document, a get, a divorce, an IOU, any sort of contract, you have to write in it. If you mean the first Adar, you have to write in it the first Adar. You can't just write Adar. You have to write it's Adar Risha. Adar Shani. But what happens if you write something in Adar Shani? Kaisif Adar Stam. If you write Adar, that's fine. Meaning, it seems to imply, according to this opinion of Rev Meir, as we're about to see, Divi Rebbe Meir, that if you have two Adars, the main Adar is the second one. The assumed Adar is not the main one. The assumed Adar is second. The first one, you have to be specific. Otherwise, people aren't going to know what you mean. Rebbe Yudah, Rebbe Yudah says, no. Adar Risha in Kaisif Stam. You know what the regular Adar that people assume is? The first one. That seems to be like our Mishnah. Adar Shani, Kaisif Tinyon. And if you write something for Adar Shani, then you're going to have to write, this is the last Adar. So, very good. Gomorrah is just, just uh, trying to articulate for us that the town of our Mishnah seems to be Rabbi Huda, who says that plain Adar means Adar Aleph. Unlike Rav Meir, who says plain Adar means Adar Base. Well, or you could you could interpret it to say that in, until you, an adder is over with, then well, therefore when you say I hear you, an adder is over with, right? It could be this, fair enough. This I like what you're saying. What Rabiel saying, and this is a very good thought when you read the Mishnah, is you know in the Sefer we said if somebody says I'm going to forbid myself from wine until adder. Then it's Usr until Adar starts, because now it is Adar. So once it's Adar, you're off the hook. What if, what if he says, I'm Usr to drink wine until the end of Adar? So maybe you talk have to wait till the end of the 59 or 60 days, and it's no longer called Adar. Okay, good kazak. Very nice. It's a good aura on, on the Mishnah. There's raid on that, sugi on that. 
Over here, what we want to know is, if you're in a simple situation, simple meeting, I shouldn't say simple, a plain situation where I'm writing a document, I'm a cipher, I'm a scribe, how do I know which Adar to mention when I'm writing it? It's Adar Aleph. I don't want to write Adar Aleph. I just want to write Adar. It looks nicer. Will that suffice? Or do we say no? That, you know, Adar Aleph needs to be specific. Or not. Okay, so that's Lemaisa, Rabbi Yehuda's of the opinion that a plain Adar is the first one. Rav Meir's of the opinion that not. So we're assuming our Mishnah, which discusses Adar and does say, not like Rabbi El, it does say, that once Adar Aleph is over, it's going to be permitted. Seems to be Shita Shabihuda. Amr Abai Abai says, No, Afilu Tamer of Meir, Hadiyada Dimavrashaita, Hadalayada. I'll tell you the difference. The difference is like this Bezdin has, has the right to extend a year, to make a leap year, until the end of the year. So what happens if it's the 29th day of Adar? And now Bezdin decides there has to be another Adar. All the documents written in the first Adar. May not say Adarishan. You know why? Because nobody knew there's going to be an Adarshani. Meaning, if the guy who's putting the document together knows that it's going to be a leap year, Beseder, fine. Aha. But maybe Rav Meir will say that if the guy didn't know that it was going to be a leap year because they did it all the way at the end, so then when he writes Adar, you know what he means? Adarishan. So Rav Meir is going to say like this. We thought Rav Meir held Adar means Adarishan. Says the Gemara, Adarshani, I'm sorry. Says the Gemara, not necessarily so. It makes a difference if during Adar you knew it was going to be a leap year or not. If you knew it was going to be a leap year, then we say the main Adar is the second one like Rav Meir. If you didn't know, he'll agree the main Adar is the first one. Ve'otanya, and we learned it in Ebrisa, top of Samach Gimel Abedbeis, do you mean the beginning of a Mishnah is not a leap here? No. It just depends whether he knew whether uh, whether he knew at the time that he wrote the document if it was going to be a leap year or not. Very straightforward. Geschmack. Okay, bottom line is that Mishnah, the Mishnah we learned, can be either Rev Meir or Rev Yehuda. We do not have a proof who the Tana of our Mishnah is. Next Mishnah, this Mishnah is going to take us, Bez Hashem, to the bottom of the Daf and the end of the Perak. Long Mishnah, beautiful, uh, a beautiful, beautiful Mishnah with some, uh, with some new halachas, except we're just going to, ch- I mean, it's new in, in a sense that it's uh, new cases, it's new stories, and also some new ways that people can create a nether which will uh, will have nuance that needs to be understood. And Ramesh is going to explain the, these nuances to us and what the halachas are. Let me ask you a question. Think about the story. Don't think about the words right now. You say, I'm making a kainam from now till Pesach, I'm not touching wine. Let me ask you a question. As soon as I say that, why do you think it's only till Pesach? What are you, what's going through your head? What's going through your head when I say, when, beautiful, beautiful, that's why you want to be able to drink wine, right? So let me ask you a question. What, what would be the halacha, I I said to Pesach, what would be the halacha about drinking wine prior to the Dalit Kaisis? 
See, Lemaisa, it's already Pesach, so it should be allowed. But I know that when somebody has, says Pesach, their connotations really is to be yaitz of the Dalar Kaisis. So maybe it remains usher until the Dalar Kaisis. Okay? So that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the Shiloh here. So Rebuta says, if a guy says, Kainam Yanshi, any time Machi Pesach, Loin is Kavin Ella, Ad Leo Pesach, Ad Shaw Derek be Odom Lishlis Yai. Rebuta says, you can, even though you said to Pesach, you cannot drink wine till you sit down for Kiddush at the Dalit Kaisis. There's no drinking wine earlier, but it's, but I said to Pesach. Doesn't matter. We know the, the, the way the brain works is Dalit Kaisis. Okay. Omar, what if he says, Kainum Basser, She'eni Toyim, Ad She'yehei Hatsayim. I'm refraining from meat, the Ran says, until Yom Kippur. Refrain from me until Yom Kippur. Okay? Now, what do you think that means? If you, if you were to hear these words, somebody says, I'm not, or let's put in our words, ready? I'm not eating kreplach until Yom Kippur. What does he mean? He means Erev Yom Kippur. He means Erev Yom Kippur. Why? Because there's a mitzvah to have a suda on Erev Yom Kippur. We don't eat meat to Yom Kippur. Nobody's eating meat in Yom Kippur. Right? So he says, if he says, I'm not going to taste meat until it's Yom Kippur. Until it's Yom Kippur. So we say, Erev Yom Kippur is already okay. What he means is, until the time where people, you know, it's a mitzvah to start eating meat. Okay. Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi, his son says, his son Rabbi Yehuda, I'm making a vow from eating garlic. Until Shabbos. Now, specifically in the times, or specific, especially in the times of Mishnah and Gemara, it was understood that garlic is very good for zera, for seed, and it um, it impacts the uh, ability to reproduce. So people would make sure to eat garlic on Friday night because there was a mitzvah for couples to be together. So if a person says, Kainam, I'm not going to eat garlic until Shabbos. So he's not allowed to eat garlic only until Friday night. Okay. What if somebody says to his friend, I'm in Gavel, I will not benefit from you if you if you and your family, if you and you and your son don't come and take this wheat from me. So in other words, like this, the Mafarshamir explained, you have somebody who wants to give a gift. Now there's different ways to give gifts. I'm going to deal with two specifically. There's more than this. But there's, there's two different ways that I've noticed for myself specifically that you can offer a gift. One way to offer a gift is, would you like me to help you? Okay. It's nice. Another way to offer a gift is you just give it. And if they don't want it, they'll give it back. Now sometimes there's different... 
there's not necessarily, you have to use your, sometimes, not necessarily a right or wrong, but we know in our own minds that if you really wanted to give the gift, sometimes people say to somebody else, you know, if you ever need help, let me know. Okay. What you're saying is, like, I'm not really interested in helping you, not in a bad way, but I'm not really interested in helping you unless you seriously need it. And I need you to ask me because that's when I'm willing to step in. And it's fine. Sometimes that's what's needed. I'm, you know, if, if there's a real predicament, I'm here. And there's other times where it's like, I'm not waiting for the person to ask me. Here's, here's a gift. Here's a thing. If they really didn't want it, they'll give it back. But you make sure they have it. So that's what this guy's doing. That's what this guy's doing. This guy's saying like this. He says to the guy, here's a gift. The guy's like, no, I don't want it. He says, listen, I'm going to kind of from you. If you and your son don't take this, it's yours. Just take it. Get out of here. Stop hacking a china. I don't want to hold on to this. Okay? So, let's say they don't take it. It's like handing, a, 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 it's like handing money to somebody. It's handing money to somebody. And ultimately they say, you know what? I really don't want the gift. And they give it back. You made your kainam to try to force it over so they wouldn't feel like they're takers. But Lamaisa, if they don't take it, you don't need to go to a chacham and say, can I remove the vow? It's fine. The Yaymar Lai, you could just say, You know why? Because ultimately, the potential recipient, by not accepting the gift of the wheat, is really saying like this. Ready? You made the vow because you're concerned about my honor. Again, take the money, take the wheat, make a vow, you better take it, otherwise you can never come to my house again. I need you to take it, yeah? Why are you saying that? Because you're concerned about your friends covered. You don't want them to have to ask. You want them to just have it. And you know what the friend's ultimately responding? The friend's saying, I know you did it for my covered. I don't need it right now. Or I don't want it. The greatest covet for me is to not take it. So ultimately, what's happening is, we know that the, the exact words that were being spoken was not intended to be in force. It wasn't intended. It was intended to try to negotiate a way to get your will across. But it wasn't meant to be taken at, uh, at face value. Okay. The chain and symbol. Guy says this friend, Kainam Shadnanasli. Kainam, I'm a kainam. You benefiting from me, it may not, but if you don't give me all these things, and if Mayor Aimer, Mayor says, well, then you can't benefit until he actually gives it to you. No. Even in this case, where the guy making the vow is the recipient, not the giver. Because the guy could say, what I meant is, it's as if, you could say, I wanted you to give this to me. Okay? It's as if you've given it to me. It's as if you've given it to me. Meaning, why would somebody make a vow? I'm never benefiting from you if you don't help me now with tzedakah. And he doesn't help with tzedakah. Why did I say that? Because ultimately I'm doing it for my benefit. So I want everything to remain in place. That's to my benefit. So I could say, it's as if, I could say it's as if 
I've already benefited from you. Okay? Hoya. Hoyu, hoyu, the Bach change do. Hoyu misarvim boy lises. What happened, uh, uh, lises. <clears throat> if somebody was refusing to marry Bas Achoisai, the daughter of his sister. Oh, okay. Sounds like a fun family situation. All right. So we want somebody to marry his niece. It's completely mutter in the Torah and in some ways encouraged for one, not nowadays, <laughs> um, to marry your niece. A nephew is not allowed to marry an aunt. But an uncle is permitted to marry a niece. So we want somebody to marry his niece. Okay. The Omar. And he says, Let me tell you something. I'm not marrying her. This lady ain't ever benefiting from me. My niece, not happening. Not a shidduch. She'll never benefit from me. And also, if somebody's divorcing his wife, he says, my wife can never benefit from me ever again. They're allowed to benefit from him. Why? What he meant is, as far as marriage. Okay? So meaning, you we're trying to encourage an uncle to marry a niece, and he says, she'll never benefit. We know in context what he means is, I'm never marrying her. He doesn't mean ever, ever, ever any sort of benefit. Remember, also if there's a couple that's getting divorced, and she, the guy, man says about his wife, she'll never benefit from me. Does that mean she can never benefit in any way, shape, or form? No, she certainly could. She just can't mar- benefit from him within the context of marriage because they're getting divorced. But outside of the context of marriage, he can go shopping for her. He could pick, you know, he could pick something up for her. There, there, there's no issue whatsoever. Give her a loan, whatever. What if somebody's trying to, uh, somebody's refusing his friend's invitation? So Ruvain wants Shimon to eat in his house. And Shimon keeps refusing Ruvain's invitation. Omar, and he says, Shimon says, Ruvain, stop inviting me to your house. I'm making a vow. I will not enter your house. I will not drink cold water. Not coming. Allah is, Shimon could still go to Reuven's house. He could still drink cold water. Why not? Because what he's basically saying is, I'm not coming to your house for a Shabbos meal. I'm not coming to your house for dinner. He's refusing a general sort of invitation. He's like, Shimon, please come over for dinner. Please come over for Shabbos. Please come over. Yeah? And Shimon says, I'm not even taking the cold water. I'm not coming. I'm, not, I'm never coming to your house. Since we know the context of that conversation was to come over for a meal, as long as Shimon's not going, he's not letting go over for a meal because he said he's not. But for other things, a short visit, a sip of cold water, that is going to be okay again because it wasn't on his das. It wasn't part of his mind. Hadron Allah Kainam Yayin. Hadron Allah Kainam Yayin. Hadron Allah Kainam Yayin. Best Jem. We're going to be zeichet to return to you. Perak Hakainam Yayin. Malzav. The body finished the eighth. Perak Bez Hashem. Tomorrow we will pick up from that Samach Dalid, the ninth Perak of Meseches Kubis. We are going to shift in topic Bez Hashem. 
there's going to be a greater focus not on what creates vows, but we're going to start focusing as well on how vows can be removed. We will hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, everybody.